Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. You will remember that the Apostle Paul names a number of sins committed by members of the Corinthian church, and as we look at them, we realize these are also sins committed by members of your church and my church, and no doubt at least some of them committed by ourselves. These are two categories, and the ones in in verse 20 fit into the category of what some people have called respectable sins. Now, there really isn't it such a thing as a respectable sin, but there are sins that Christians sometimes consider to be not so bad. We, put, we tend to put sins into categories. And so we have those sins that we consider to be really, really bad, and they're usually the ones that are committed by other people. And then there are those sins that, well, they may be sinful, but after all, everybody does them, and it's no big deal. And so we put them in a different category, and we think we're not so bad because we don't do the bad sins, we do the respectable sins, right? Well, that's the way some people look at it, and I'm hoping that the Lord will show us that that is not the case. But as I say in in verse 20, we have what some people would consider to be respectable or even acceptable, or at least if not acceptable, justifiable sins. And then in verse 21, those that most people would put in the category of non-respectable sins, and we'll get to those in due time. But back to the list of the so-called respectable sins in verse 20, we will take it up after I welcome you to this Tuesday, November 14 edition of the Beacon Broadcast. And thank you for your financial support that keeps us teaching God's Word on this station. Here's the list. Contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbitings, whisperings, conceits, tumults. The first three we have examined pretty thoroughly, so I'm not going to go back to those again except just to read them on my way to number four. But Paul is talking about these sins, contentions, jealousies, and outbursts of wrath. And Paul says these are sins that must be dealt with, that need to be rooted out, that need to be corrected, that need to be addressed, that need to be put out of your life and put out of the life of the church, and you need to do it before I get there. Because you remember, Paul is planning to visit them, and he's sending this 2 Corinthians epistle as a 
<laughs> I started to say as a warning of his visit. I don't think that's really the way he looked at it, and he didn't want them to look at it that way either. But in some senses, that's exactly what it is. But it was an announcement that he planned to visit, and he tells them of some things that need to be straightened out before he gets there so that the visit will be pleasant rather than unpleasant. And he even says that he is going to delay the time of his arrival so that there's plenty of time between the reception of the epistle and the arrival of the apostle. So anyway, the first three are contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. I said I wasn't going back to that one, but let's take a quick look at it before we move on. Some people would excuse all three of those. Contentions, well, you're talking about um, disagreements, and there will always be those. We, we can't expect to eliminate those. That's just part of life, and it's, it can't be eliminated. It's, it's going to always be there in our church. Well, Paul didn't think so. He said it was there, but he said it shouldn't be there, and it needs to be corrected. Jealousies, that's another thing, because it is inward and is unseen, that many people don't think that's something I have to deal with. I just have to be careful that I don't act upon it in an unseemly way. But come on now, you're, you're, you're telling me that, that it's a sin for me to be jealous of other people? Yes. you who? Yes. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul is telling us. And the Apostle Paul is an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ and is being directed and guided by the Holy Spirit of God in this inspired portion of God's Word. In other words... It is not just the word of the Apostle Paul, but it's also the word of the living God. Both man's word and God's word at the same time, that unique mixture that is found only in the Bible. And so, yes, Paul calls jealousy sin that must be dealt with. It's not a respectable sin. It's not a, a, an, an allowable sin. It's not a an un, un, uneventful sin or an unimportant sin it is a sin that causes damage to the person who harbors jealousy and almost always breaks out into other sins that are committed because of the jealousy so deal with that one we've already talked about how to do that remember philippians 4 where the apostle paul said that he had learned in whatever state he was therewith to be content and then the third one in the list is outbursts of wrath. Now, in my experience, I would say that most of the Christians I know will acknowledge that that's something that should not happen. There shouldn't be outbursts of wrath. Contentions, we can't stop all of those, some people would think. Jealousies, come on now, that's inward. You can't really police that. No, Paul isn't necessarily saying I'm going to police that. He's saying, I want you to police that. I want you to get that out of your life. Obviously, I can't come to you and say, ah, I can see into your heart and I know you're harboring jealousy. You're exercising jealousy. You've got jealousy going on in your heart towards certain people that you haven't dealt with. Obviously, he can't see that, but he can see certain activities that grow out of jealousy and those things can be corrected, confronted, can be can be denounced. But the outbursts of wrath, most people would say, well, of course, that shouldn't happen. But in my experience, I have found people who are Christians, at least professing Christians, and I would assume that they are, 
who will even justify outbursts of wrath, as if it is something that is unavoidable and ought therefore not to be considered too serious. Yeah, it happens once in a while, but after all, it's just one of those things that happens once in a while, and we can't be expected not to ever get mad when, when we get pushed the wrong way, when, when something happens that crosses us, then this is just what happens, and we, we do it, and we get it over with, and it's no big deal. We go on, we forget about it. Yeah, but the person that you shouted at, the person that you said those hateful words to, the person that felt the brunt of your outburst of wrath isn't going to forget it quite so quickly and easily, and you shouldn't either. It is far more serious, far more damaging than some people realize. No, you cannot excuse it away. You cannot justify it. You cannot say, well, that's just life and that's just the way it is and and it, it's it's excusable. You've just got to understand that's the way I am. That's, that's just, um, <laughs> I, I just have that kind of temperament. Well, of course you do. A lot of people do. I suppose everybody does to some extent. It's part of our sin nature, our fallen sin nature because of our Adamic sinfulness, yes, it's part of our nature, the old nature, the sin nature, the nature that Christ died for so that we could be cleansed from, but also the nature that must be changed as we become followers of the Lord Jesus Christ and learn to replace those old attitudes and actions with new ones that are Christ-like and outbursts of wrath are not Christ-like. Oh, you say Jesus did lose his temper once in a while. Well, no, wrong. He didn't lose it. He did get angry on a few occasions, a very small number of occasions that are recorded, and the Bible does talk about having righteous indignation or righteous, righteous anger. There is such a thing. In fact, there are some things that if you don't have some level of anger or... or um, strong reaction against, then there's something wrong with you, because when God's name is being dishonored, when the Bible is being dishonored, when when uh, the honor of the Lord Jesus Christ is being dragged in the mud in certain ways, that ought to cause every Christian to be indignant. But it's one thing to have a holy wrath that is controlled and channeled into proper attitudes and actions and words that are God-honoring and the kind of outburst of wrath, the explosive wrath, the shout at you and say words that I shouldn't say kind of wrath, and then it's over. It blows over and it's gone. Don't, don't, don't think anything about it. Nope, that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. So, if that's a problem with you, then you need to acknowledge it as sin, you need to confess it to the Lord. You need to ask the Lord to help you with it. And every time you slip up, and you, you'll know when that happens, you need to deal with it immediately. You need to deal with it with the person that you shouted at. It may be your wife. It may be your husband. It may be your kids. You need to be a an honorable person. I started to say you need to be a man, but you may be a woman who's doing this. But you need to take the initiative and the humble place and acknowledge, I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Please forgive me. Why is that so hard? Because we're fallen sons 
and daughters of Adam. That's why it's so hard, because we are people of pride. That's why it's so hard, because it's very difficult for us to acknowledge that we were wrong. That's why it's so hard, because we think that that's going to lower somebody else's opinion of us if we acknowledge that we were wrong and act act um, meek and humble about it and and ask for forgiveness, that somehow that's not manly. Well, no, it may not be manly in the worldly sense, but it's actually a higher level of manliness than the macho manliness that isn't willing to acknowledge wrong. We all do wrong, and we all need to acknowledge it. And actually, when we do acknowledge our wrong and seek to address it with the person that we have wronged, and tell them that we know that we were wrong and ask them to forgive us, that's when we rise in the estimation of that person. That's what gives us a higher level of honor and of good reputation. It's just the opposite of what we often think because, of course, our adversary, the devil, is going to try to get us to think exactly backwards and upside down and to think the wrong thing. And he'll, he will encourage us to think sinfully rather than to, seek, see, to think righteously. And this is one of those areas. We are never more manly or womanly. We are never more noble. We are never more highly esteemable and will likely be highly esteemed than when we are willing to acknowledge I was wrong. I should not have done that. I'm sorry I did that. I've asked God to forgive me, and now I ask you to forgive me. That's one of the most noble and godly things that we can do. And so if that's you, then that's what you need to do. Deal with those outbursts of wrath. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace. Peace.